0: Hello and welcome to Can I Make You a Playlist, a podcast by two friends where we talk about music, concerts, and leave you with a new playlist at the end of every episode. I'm Austin and I'm joined by Lauren. How are you doing, Lauren? What's going on this week? What
1: isn't going on this week? Nothing much, actually. Just hanging out, working.
0: Living the dream. Well, I want to give a big shout out to our milestone of having 100 followers on instagram thank you to all those that have followed and interacted with us we really appreciate um just seeing people enjoying what we're putting out whether it's the podcast the playlist our stories our posts everything like that just want to give a big thank you to all those people yeah
1: thanks guys
0: so what uh what have you been listening to this week lauren what's been uh on your mind on your on your playlist what's been going on
1: um, well, about a week ago, I saw Michael Jackson, the musical MJ the musical. Let me tell you, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Like, I think it's been a week and a half. And it has not left my mind. I, weirdly enough, like, don't like musicals. I am very much like a music lover, but I don't like Broadway stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Broadway person <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, I like High School Musical. but uh, Yeah, what was different about this one? It was just like, it was about his life. um, And it was really just like performing a bunch of his songs. But the plot, quote unquote, was that an MTV crew, just like two people, camera guy, interview lady, they were there. They were rehearsing for his 1993 Dangerous tour. That was the plot was rehearsals for that. And this MTV lady came on set and they wanted to do, like, a little documentary of um, him rehearsing for this tour. And Michael was, like, super private about all of that. He didn't really want, like, camera crews and everything. So it was just them interviewing him, like, getting his story throughout the rehearsals. Um, And it all took place, like, in one or two days, which was cool. And so it went through, like, the Jackson 5. And then when they turned into, like, the Jacksons and stuff with his dad... And then as he grew up and everything. So it was just, they didn't fill it up with like a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of extras. It was very much just like every hit, every good Michael Jackson song. I mean, which is all of them. But yeah, it was amazing. If you have the chance to see it, please, please, please go see it.
0: So you got a little music history of all of Michael Jackson, like through the ages kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And the cast was incredible.
0: That sounds really cool. Yeah, I'll have to be on the lookout for that. I didn't know. I don't know if they're touring, but I'll uh, definitely check that out.
1: They are, yeah. Um, Other than that, opposite end of the spectrum, but I I work at a music studio in Atlanta, as I mentioned before, and we have one of our clients. Her name is Amy Luciani, and if you have ever watched Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, she is one of the ladies of Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, I guess, like the last, like the most recent couple seasons. So she hasn't been on it since the beginning, but she's one of the newer cast members. And she's been recording here with us for a while now. And my friend who works here as one of our engineers is her engineer. So he recorded her whole new project, which just came out earlier this year. It's called Amy's World. And I don't listen to a ton of rap, but she is incredible. Highly recommend Amy's World.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to give that a check. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, what about you?
0: I recently went to a concert this past week. I went to see Dell Watergap, and they were really good. The first half of the concert was pretty solid stuff, but um, as soon as the singer went into the crowd and was jumping around and getting people amped up, the whole rest of the show was like really high energy. And he said it was like one of his best shows he's like ever done. So it was really fun to be there, and yeah, just enjoy that concert a whole lot. So. Before that, I was listening to like some more of his music again to kind of get ready for the concert. But on top of that, I've been listening to the new King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album. They're one of my favorite bands and they dropped a new album called The Silver Chord, which is a lot different than uh, most of their stuff. It's pretty much all synthesizers. So if you're into kind of like more electronic music, I would definitely give that a shot. It's a bit strange because they released kind of like a, a normal version and an extended version. So there's seven songs on the album, but all of them have kind of a version that's about four minutes long. And then uh, they have a version that's about 10 minutes long after that. So it's, they have a little bit of an extended mix, which is kind of fun if you just kind of want to zone out and listen to some good electronic music. And then I've been listening to the new Liza Ann album which came out a couple days ago, which has been really good. That's, that's all I got.
1: Each song is 10 minutes on the extended version?
0: It's at least 10 minutes. Um, One of them is 20 minutes long. So if you're into, you know, kind of zoning out and listening to some club music and just enjoying yourself during it, some of them go on a little bit too long, I will admit, uh, of the extended mixes, but some of them definitely sound better in the extended mix than in the abbreviated version.
1: That is wild. You said a little too long. 20 minutes.
0: A little bit too long, yeah. You know, just a car drive to work for one song.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, I wish that were me. 20-minute car drive to work. Oh, Sorry. Jealous. All right, so we're going to get right into it. This episode is about dead bands. Their bands are no longer together. Their groups are no longer together, which is very sad. Um, We have a list compiled that... I think a lot of you will enjoy. I kind of asked my friends um just to give me like some input, their opinions and we have a lot of ones in common. So hopefully this will open your eyes to some new bands, new music, I guess, not necessarily new bands. Um or make you reminisce and go back in time and listen to them. But what's really interesting and fun for me about this is I've been so I've been playing this podcast for a while. I've been having like episode ideas in my head for a while. And so I went back in notes from like years ago. And the first band on this list was Nico Vega, of course. My favorite band that no longer exists. But as of like a couple months ago, after nearly a decade, they are back. And they're doing a reunion show in Los Angeles. And I'm gonna be there in a month. I think one month from today. So we are kicking this episode off not by talking about Nico Vega. Um, <laughs> why don't you, you go first with your first one?
0: Yeah, one of the, the first bands that I think of as far as a band that I really enjoyed when they were still together and that I miss now that they're not together is a band called Night Riots. Night Riots is a band that I unfortunately never got to see live, but... Um, in the early 2010s, they were putting out some EPs and an album in 2016. They, I think I heard of them because they were opening for bands that I was also interested in, like Andrew McMahon or The Main. But they kind of had like a bit more of, I don't know how you describe it, kind of like a darker indie vibe. Is that what you'd kind of say, Lauren?
1: Yeah, it's hard to describe it, but I would say darker is a good way to... But it's not like super sad or like, I don't know.
0: It's, it's yeah, really- like a bit more like gothic kind of sounding. Not that they were like, you know, doing goth music, but um, yeah, they just had kind of that darker 80s vibe about them doing some indie rock music. But yeah, they put out that 2016 album and that was really good. Like everything that they had put up until then was kind of leading up to that album which I really enjoyed. Um, it definitely hit on every single one of those like darker vibes. Then they released another album like a few years after that that I wasn't super big on, but it was still solid. I wish that you know they kind of continued to stay with that darker sound, but you got to see them a couple of times, didn't you? More than
1: a couple of times, yeah. Um, I saw them on... First time I saw them was on one of those Alt Nation tours. I don't know if Alt Nation still does that, They used to do tours with like three or four upcoming like indie bands and there wasn't necessarily like an opening act, a headliner. They were just all like co-headliners and it was them and a couple others. I don't remember. Not important. And I had discovered them because of that concert. I was actually going to see a different band and I ended up loving them way more than the other band that I went to see. So then I, I love
0: started, when that happens.
1: I know that's the best. But then I got to see them open for Andrew McMahon later on, which was so cool because I was already going to go see Andrew McMahon. And so when they announced that they were opening, it was amazing. And then the same thing happened either that year or the year after they opened up for The Main. And that is, it's funny because I had never listened to The Main before, believe it or not. This was right when like American Candy and Lovely Little Lonely they were doing a joint tour and they were playing all both of those albums in full. And I was only going to see night riots and dreamers was the other opening band. I like dreamers too. So I was like, Oh, I should probably listen to the main ended up loving the main. And then I saw them headline finally uh, on their own. And I guess that was their last tour ever. But like you said, I was a really big fan of the 2016 album and the EPs not so much i don't even remember the name of it the whatever their last album was something about tokyo
0: something like that it was it was definitely a bit different and yeah it's always nice to like have more music from them but when it's so different you know sometimes it just doesn't vibe but i really hope that you know they they come back in some sort of way or that even their different musicians you know they find kind of like a new avenue to express themselves because they're really talented and It'd be nice to have some more from them.
1: It would be. And I feel like some of these bands we're going to talk about have, like, the singer has, like, gone solo since then. Maybe not successful, but...
0: Um, right, exactly.
1: I'm super surprised that Travis hasn't done anything. Was that his name, Travis? I think, think so. He was, like, the best performer. One of the best performers I've ever seen. So I'm really surprised he hasn't, like, he's not even on social media.
0: I don't know. We will eagerly await his or their return. So we'll be keep our eyes on that yeah yeah what about you lauren what's your first band you got
1: um i mean let's start off with the obvious one my chemical romance basic Mm. but it's true i mean you cannot do a list like this without mentioning mcr i'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail but i will say i discovered them pretty late in life right before they broke up in the danger days era um and it, their music is so interesting because if you listen to the first album bullets it's so different from the next one and the next one i mean some of them mm-hmm. are a little more similar like three cheers for sweet revenge is similar enough to welcome to the black parade which of course is my favorite album basic again but who doesn't like black parade um and then danger days their last album is so different from the stuff before. It's much more pop. I mean, it's still rock, of course, but it's much more pop vibes. So don't... If you have never really gone into MCR's discography and maybe you're a little scared because you think, like, oh, super hardcore, like, emo, whatever, not for me, you should start off with Danger Days because even though it's not, like, their signature sound, it's really, uh really fun. And a lot of people... Don't realize that. So, yeah. Rest in peace, MCR. I will say they did a reunion tour last year, and I did go, and I did cry. How was it? It was really good. I mean, I was all the way in the lawn because tickets were an arm and a leg. Oof. But yeah, it was worth the money just to see Gerard Way in, like, a skirt and, like, a little scarf around his neck. He was so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, they were so good. And it's funny because they're old now, and they're all, like, dads. But I think that's... Part of the charm, right?
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like a bit of a fake fan of My Chemical Romance. I mean, like you said, everybody knows kind of some of their emo hits. I remember watching them on MTV, and they performed Helena on the music video. And that's the one that I really liked back in the day. But I never really clicked with them in quite the same way as some of the other emo bands that I liked. But I'll definitely have to check out more of their their music. So thanks.
1: Yeah, I think you like Danger Days. It
0: out. I'll do that. Another band for me, and this kind of goes back to what we've been, t- we talked about before, but for all you Jack Antonoff or fun fans out there, there's actually a band before fun that uh, Jack Antonoff was a big part of, and that was Steel Train. Steel Train was a band in the late 2000s, think around like 2008, when they were putting out music. But they had a couple really good albums of kind of like proto fun, proto bleachers sound where Jack was like a bit more experimental. And the albums are a little bit weird. Have you listened to them much, Lauren?
1: Okay, big, huge confession. Huge confession. And I know I've told you this like probably five years ago, but nothing has changed since then. I have never listened to Steel Tree. Not once. Not once.
0: As big of a Jack Antonoff fan as you are, I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Like I said, the albums are a little chaotic. They don't really have a consistent sound like across the album from start to finish. But it's fun to just see like Jack kind of experiment with different sounds. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that's really interesting about Steel Train is if you're familiar, are you familiar with like the Terrible Thrills concept where mm-hmm. Jack has. Other, he has female artists uh, do vocal covers of like all of his songs. So that's kind of where the terrible thrills got its start. He's done it a couple times for a couple of the bleachers albums, but it was one of the steel train ones that got it started. So if you if you're diving deep into the steel train and you're loving them, definitely check out some of the terrible thrills songs as well because they're really good.
1: I will. I know. I always say it in. And- I love Leisure to death. I love Jack Antonoff. There is no reason, there's no excuse why I haven't. I just always forget. I just always forget. I don't know. I haven't gotten around to it, but I will.
0: No, the only reason I I really got into them was because this was during the time in my life when I was basically deeply hunting for like any sort of demos for some of my favorite bands, or just kind of like understanding the history. So. Back when I was big into the 1975, I was getting, like, lots of demos from their earlier bands. Same with, like, Bleachers and Steel Train. I was basically hunting for, like, everything that wasn't available on streaming services and kind of just collecting it and and listening to, like, their early sounds. So I had, like, a more appreciation for, for what they're putting out now. So that's the only reason I knew about it.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool, though, that you had to, like, go searching for it. How old was he? Do you know, like, around how
0: old he was when he started Steel Train? I know he was in a band since he was like 16 years old, but I think Steel Train was probably like his mid-20s, I want to say. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was probably around that time. Or early 20s, mid-20s, yeah.
1: Okay, so it's like the Jack's Mannequin of, uh, it's like how Andrew McMahon had like something corporate, and then he had Jack's Mannequin, and now he's just Andrew McMahon. I feel like Jack Ansonoff, he had his Steel Train, he had his fun, he had his blue chairs.
0: <laughs> That's a perfect comparison, yeah. And it's cool to see like some things kind of stay the same, but getting to experiment with a little bit of different sound, I'd definitely recommend.
1: I will. Next time we record in four to six weeks, um, I, will, <laughs> I will have my, my steel train homework done.
0: Please, <laughs> do it.
1: But in the meantime, let's see. I'll go with the Griswolds. Okay, so some of my friends will know this. I had my Griswolds phase, and unfortunately, they were one of those bands that was like kind of canceled. I think the lead singer, like towards the end, tried to do some solo stuff, and it was just a couple singles, and they weren't successful. But um, they had their moment. I think it was 2015 or 16 when their first album came out, and it is called Be Impressive. And that album, 2016 Me, 2015 Me, was obsessed with Being Impressive. Um, I discovered them the first time. A friend made me a playlist, and she put "Beware the Dog on there. "Beware the Dog was, like, their... I don't Love know if you that song. call it the radio single, but it made it to, like, yeah. <laughs> Alt Nation. Um, Alt Nation's, like, its own thing. But it made it to Alt Nation, which was big for them. They're Australian, so they made it to, like, you know, U.S. radio. And... They have some songs on there. The title track, Be Impressive, is good. Uh, 16 Years is my favorite. I'll probably put that one on our playlist. And then If You Want to Stay, these are songs that I hadn't listened to. I had not touched the Griswolds in a long time. But I went back when I was making this list, and I was like, oh my god, this album is so good. Um, and then their second album, High Times for Low Lives, at the time when it first came out, I was pretty into it. Looking back, I definitely like the first album better. But what's crazy about the second album is they had a song featuring Lizzo on it. which Wait, what? Yes, I don't even remember the name of the song, but I know this was before Lizzo was like anyone, right? Is it good? It was good. Yeah, I haven't okay <laughs> listened to it in forever. I don't even know the name, but it was good. And of course, I didn't know who she was until so many years later. And it's just crazy because the Griswolds was like such a small band, right? And Mm -hmm. the fact that they had someone like that on there, and this was in 2000. Actually, no, maybe this album came out in 2016. Maybe the first one was 2014.
0: That sounds right, yeah.
1: That's, sorry, I got my, my numbers wrong. But yeah, the Griswolds, rest in peace, they were good while it lasted.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought them up, though, because honestly, like, I kind of forgot about them i i -hmm. knew i listened to them quite a bit back in the day and especially some of those those hits but they haven't probably crossed my mind in several years
1: yeah i know the drummer he went on to be walk the moon's keyboard player like touring keyboard player oh yeah because i went to a walk the moon show probably like two years later after they broke up and i met him after the show and i was like Hey, saw you at a Griswold show like five years ago.
0: Hey, who's this guy? Yeah, you look familiar.
1: He's super cool, though.
0: Well, I want to talk about a little band called Air Dubai. Air Dubai is a lot different than some of the other bands on this list because they're a bit more in the hip hop area, but they're kind of like synth pop hip hop. I used to call them kind of like alternative hip hop, but they have so they had two different vocalists, they had a singer. Like, a guy that was more of a singer and a guy that was more of a rapper. But they, they're from Colorado. I actually saw them perform at Warped Tour in, like, 2014, 2015, something like that, which is, you know, obviously different than a lot of the other bands that go to Warped Tour. But that was one of the main reasons I wanted to go, is to see this band. But they have a couple really good albums out from the mid early to mid-2010s. A um, couple of good albums, a couple of good APs. I would definitely recommend the song Afterglow. That's definitely one of my favorites. But you haven't heard of Air Dubai, Lauren, have you? I've heard
1: of them from you. I think you recommended or you made me a playlist or something with one of their songs years ago. So, I mean, it's been a long time since I listened, but I remember enjoying it.
0: Yeah, they haven't put out really anything, I want to say, in quite a while. I think they've, they fizzled pretty hard around the the mid 2010s but i think a couple of their uh, musicians like the the singer and the rapper they kind of put out some solo stuff but unfortunately i wasn't super into it but if you're kind of they're definitely i would say they're like pretty radio friendly so i'm surprised they didn't get kind of picked up for some some more radio hits but um, we'll have to put some of their songs on the playlist so you guys can see what you think
1: yeah for sure how about okay? We just talked about Walk the Moon. I mentioned them briefly, so we'll just go into Walk the Moon. It's funny. We're
0: gonna have to rip rip the bandaid off at some point.
1: Yeah, let's just rip the bandaid off. So when we were making this list, I had Austin had seen my notes because we we're like sharing a Google Doc, and he was like, "Walk the Moon's dead. This guy, this guy missed the memo in July. I had to go back on their Instagram, scroll down, find the video of Nick where he's like." super dramatic, announcing that they were uh, going into quote-unquote hibernation, which I remember the day that video came out, I was not surprised in the slightest. It still made me feel a little something, but it was not surprising. I mean, we all saw it coming, I think. Unfortunately, Walk the Moon was one of my favorite bands. Like, we talked about a lot in the last episode. Um, I was super into them. And then right towards the end. Their bass player. You know there were some like. Allegations and whatnot. I don't know the details. But I just right. it turned out to not be a good guy. So I just. I was like I gotta let that go. And I stopped listening to them. And they ended up putting out one last album. I think without him. And I just never. Yep. It was decent. But I never like went back to it. Because I just had this, like, bad taste in my mouth about Walk the Moon, even though they, like, kicked the guy out and still went on. There was just shady stuff. And it it apparently took them a while to do that, to make that move. And so it just didn't sit well with a lot of fans. And so um, by the time that they did finally announce that they weren't together anymore, everyone kind of figured, like, okay, this was a long time coming but yeah, Walk the Moon, I won't go into too much detail because we did touch on them in the last episode, but we had some really good times with them. I don't know, did you ever get to see them live?
0: No, that's a big regret for me as I unfortunately never got to saw them see them live. Uh, they were definitely a, a really big band that I liked a lot, you know, in those days. But yeah, unfortunately, I never was able to see them in concert, but you saw them how many times?
1: Oh my god, I saw them... I can't count in my head. I'd have to like look at my master list of concerts, but it's probably right. six or seven. Yeah,
0: I mean, I get what you're saying about the last album and stuff that they put out. I think I enjoyed it to some extent, but you're right; it definitely felt like a lot different. Um, so it's it's kind of too bad. But you know, we kind of saw the writing on the wall when things were fizzling out. But it's kind of how it goes. Sometimes you can kind of see that the band is starting to fade. But yeah
1: yeah they had their moment they had their shut up and dance moment you know
0: they absolutely that song was (laughs) everywhere it was so good but that that oh it got so oversaturated but it's still it's still a great song good banger. yeah yeah another band i want to talk about is a band called parade of lights have you heard of them before
1: yes i have actually they're one of those bands i always forget yeah
0: i don't know if they're officially over They've been on hiatus for years, so I think I'm safe to include this band on the Mm -hmm. list. Um, But they're a bit of an electro-synth kind of band with some indie flair. They put out a really good album and some really good EPs, again, around the middle of the 2010s, like a lot of these bands. But they actually had a couple of really uh, songs that got picked up. They had one song that was on FIFA 16, and another song that they made for... 13 re- 13 reasons why like the netflix show they had some really famous songs that got caught on there but yeah i don't know if they're still you know on hiatus or what's going on exactly but they have some like really catchy just kind of indie synth music
1: yeah it's crazy that i didn't listen to them as much as i should have and still don't because every time i did i loved it like their music was just super easy to listen to super fun um a good mix of like different sounds a lot of upbeat dancey fun stuff i don't know i liked them a lot would highly recommend
0: yeah even the after the album those two newer eps that they put out are both still really good so i'm surprised that they didn't they haven't put out anything since but i'm definitely gonna keep them on my radar in case they ever come out with anything maybe in the future
1: Yeah, we'll keep you updated. You heard it here. What you
0: got for us? Yeah, you got another one for us?
1: Um, yeah, I've got a few more. So let's hit on a local band, Hardcastle. Who remembers Hardcastle? Yeah, they were super fun. It's interesting because now that I I didn't realize this when I was writing my list. And as I'm speaking about them now, I just realized the first time I saw Hardcastle was opening for the Griswolds. And they didn't tour with them. They only opened for the Atlanta show. Okay. So they were just like a local opener. And I knew, you know what? I want to say this was, this was a while ago. I think this was 2016. But um, when they were announced as the opening act, it was right around the time I was just finding out about them i'm pretty sure it was just from like instagram that i found them somehow maybe we had like a mutual follower or something since they're local sure yeah but they only had one song out i think they had just played like their first show so this show with the griswolds was one of the first shows ever and it was definitely their biggest show you know the show was not that big but um yeah they were awesome and they were my age they are my age So I felt like, oh, these people, like, they're local, you know, they're not super famous, we're the same age, like, kind of, like, we could be friends. And they were super, super nice. We talked to them after the show. Um, And then after that, I was like, okay, I've never really had a little local band that I've supported because, I mean, living in Atlanta, it's mostly, like, hip-hop, rap, which I've never been, like, super, super into. Um, And so I've never had really, like, an indie band that I could kind of follow around like that. And so they would play a lot of little shows here. We have a venue called Vinyl that's super tiny, basically just like a bar Um, that they would play some shows there. And they ended up making me, they were like an entryway to other different bands, not necessarily from Atlanta, but from Nashville, from Tampa, Jacksonville, like in the South. Um, okay. Okay. And so they ended up kind of, I I guess they were the ones that led me to Jet Black Alley Cat, or was that you? That might have been you. Uh, But either way.
0: I don't even remember.
1: (laughs) It was either Hardcastle or Austin that helped me discover the next band I'll talk about later on. But they would always tour together with like the same groups of all these other little local bands. And it was so much fun because it was like this whole community. Not that I was like super involved or anything, but I remember it was like the same people go to their shows. Unfortunately, it was not big crowds or anything, but it was, it made that much more special. Not for them, because they're not making any money off these shows, sadly, but for me as like an audience member, it was so cool at the time, not thinking about like the business side of things, not thinking about their perspective. But I was just walking in being like, oh, my God, it's me and like 10 other people here. This is the coolest show. You know, you could talk to them after the show. You could see them before. Um, So that was a really cool time in my life. But unfortunately, they were one of those bands that I guess they were really self-critical and they would like delete their old songs. And that sucks. They were good.
0: That's the one thing that I remember about Hardcastle that really disappointed me was because when you know, I think you first got me into them Mm -hmm. and I was listening to them and I was like, man, I really like these singles. And then, I don't know, maybe like six months later or something, I was asking you, I was like, where did these singles go? Like, I don't know where they are. They're not on Spotify anymore. And they just deleted them off. So luckily I had some, some of them like downloaded from a different source, but a lot of those are like not available at all for streaming. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've tried to look them up on, like, SoundCloud, and they're just gone. But you said you have them downloaded. I would like those. If you have millennial (laughs) attraction, please, justice for millennial attraction.
0: All right, I'm writing that down. I'm pretty sure I have that one downloaded. But they had some really good stuff, which, you know, you saw, because you saw, like, a huge band open for them before, right? Didn't you?
1: Yes. um, I saw... At the same venue, Vinyl, very, very, very tiny place, I saw the band Camino open for them. If you can believe that, the lineup was Jet Black Alley Cat, followed by the band Camino, followed by Hardcastle, and it was really a a crazy moment in, in time. And then, not that's ridiculous. Long, it, it, <laughs> it was ridiculous, and I I was there for Hardcastle and Jet Black. Like I wasn't even I knew one song from the band Camino. And then probably a year, year and a half later, they took Hardcastle on their first real tour. Because they had gone on little tiny tours, obviously. But when when Daphne Blue first was blowing up, they had their first big tour, little big tour. And it was so sweet that they let Hardcastle open. It was really good exposure for Hardcastle. They sold out every single show on the tour. But unfortunately, they they fizzled after that.
0: Yeah. Well, is Graham still operating under the Hardcastle moniker? Is that yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So if you look them up now and you're like, um, Lauren, they're still alive. I'm adding them to this list because they're not the same band. It's just the lead singer has gone solo under the same name.
0: Right. Yeah, I think everything, they all like parted on good terms, but they're like, Graham, you can have the Hardcastle like band name to like go ahead and put out your stuff, right?
1: Yes, they're definitely also friends cuz they've he's played a couple shows and he's had like Noah, their bass player, like still play with him when he does shows. Mm. I think he's moved out to Los Angeles now if I'm if I'm remembering correctly from Instagram, but it's really cool that I saw them like from the beginning and now that they're no longer together, the craziest thing, every time I go to a show, Val Shout out to Val. Um, probably not with.
0: Shout him. out Val Hoyt.
1: He is awesome. So he was their guitar player. And he is now playing guitar for Floor. Shout out to Floor. Um, so when I saw Floor open for the band Camino, everything connects back to them. I it's so connected. <laughs> open for um, Andrew McMahon the second time around. And I saw them with, you know, a whole bunch of different bands and as well as headlining a couple times. And I was like, oh my god, is that Val from Hardcastle? And then the same thing happened. I saw another group before this open for the band Camino. I don't remember the name of the artist, sorry. But he was just a solo artist. He had a touring band with him. And Val was playing guitar for him. And then this year in May, I went to see K-Flay. And Kay flay had a local band open for her in Alabama. And the guy playing guitar for this local band was none other than Val. From Hardcastle, everywhere I go, he's there. But good for him. He has so much success. And then same thing with their drummer, Miles. I just saw the y- Yeah open for the band Camino, and he was their drummer.
0: Every, all roads lead through Hardcastle, I swear. Like, yeah, when I saw Floor about a year and a half ago, I was like, why? I know this guy. Is that Val? He's playing guitar for them now? It's amazing. That guy gets around, but I'm, I'm glad he's, he's had some success outside of Hardcastle now.
1: Yeah, me too. He deserves it. It's funny because I remember when you went to that show, I think you sent me, like, a, a video or something. You were like, this is this Val? <laughs> and then my friend went to see them in Nashville, and she was like, oh, my God, it's the guy from Hardcastle. And, um, yeah, it's just funny. It, and it's crazy because, like, I, I'm i speaking about him as if I, like, know him personally. I don't.
0: Right. <laughs> like, I don't know this guy. Me
1: and, like, chat, you know, after those shows and stuff. So, like, we've, we've had conversations. He's super nice, super cool. But I took this girl from high school, this super weird kind of a tangent, but um, one of my friends from high school that I never really kept in touch with, one day she just like randomly reached out, this was years ago, and um, she wanted to catch up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to this little concert. It was Hardcastle. And I said, you should come with me. And when we got there, the first thing she said was, oh, my God, I know that guy. And it was Val. She knew him from her childhood. Their parents what? were friends. Yes. So no way. Like, yeah, I've been to his house before. And then after the show, he was like, Maria? And apparently they hadn't seen each other in years. Um, but they remembered each other. It was the funniest thing ever. So, and then, oh, my God, wait. I'm remembering. Sorry.
0: Another story. we my got guys.
1: Um, When I was in college, I was partnered with this guy for, like, a group project. And we had to meet after class to, like, discuss the project. I don't even remember what it
0: was. Sure, yeah. And
1: it was a music business class. And so we were talking about music and somehow they got brought up and he was like, Oh, I went to guitar camp with Val.
0: So what? It's where like everybody knows Val. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but you mentioned Jet Black Alley Cat. What's the story with them?
1: Yeah, same same thing. One of those, they were from I think Memphis or Nashville they were just one of those really small bands that kind of toured around with the same groups: Bank Camino, Hardcastle, Wildlife, other um, right. Atlanta bands, and they were so good. I remember they would come on stage. First of all, they'd be like five people in the audience, and they'd come out in like full costume, not like whole what? costume, but they'd come out like dressed up in like all matching suits, like bright. Oh,
0: that's so fun! Like see that.
1: yeah. No, they really yes, it. it it was so cool because. I mean they did not let the small crowds discourage them, you know. Unfortunately, they announced I think last year that uh they were not going to make music as a group anymore, at least for now, but the lead singer Joe Jet um he is putting out solo stuff for the last couple years. I have yet to listen to it, but I've been meaning to because I really loved Jet black Alley Cat. Um I will say if you go look up their music video for their song Nightlife, I was in that video um let me know if you you catch me in it yeah so they
0: tell the story please
1: (laughs) they had an ep and the lead single from this ep was called miami baby and so the whole thing was about like miami nightlife that was like the theme of this and they were like They announced on Instagram or on wherever that they were going to be in Miami one weekend. They were going to be filming a little music video or a scene for a video where they needed extras. They just needed people to come hang out. And coincidentally, I was going, I have family in Miami and I was going to visit my family and my sister there that same weekend. And they announced this like the day before my flight. So it's not even like I got to plan things out. Um, I was, like, flying in the day that they were doing this. So I had an early morning flight. The music video was at night, so it worked out perfectly. Both my sisters, we drove through Miami Beach to the address that they gave us. And we pull up. Nobody's there. It is quite literally an alley, jet black alley cat. So it was just this, like, dark... Alley with just you know a couple dumpsters behind like a restaurant or something, nobody's there. I'm freaking out, and then they send me a DM, the weed singer, and he was like, Hey, are you here? and I'm like, Hiding in the car still. I was,
0: yeah.
1: I was like, Yeah, I'm, here. I'm around Yeah, and we're looking out the window of our car, and we see their van pulls up, and we see him texting me. He's standing outside his van, there's nobody else here, and he's DMing me, and he's like, Where are you? and so I get out of the car finally, and I'm like, Hi, I'm here. Um, and nobody else at first, nobody else showed up. So it was a little awkward. Oh, so wow. me and my sister and my sister's dog were in the video. Eventually they got some people off the street that did not speak English, but they got them to be in the video. Oh
0: my God.
1: And then they got the guy, t- there was two guys that were taking out the trash in the dumpsters in the alley. They went out to have a cigarette. And they asked them to be in the video, and they were like, yeah, sure. So,
0: <laughs> it's... That's amazing. That's honestly, like, that sounds, like, way more organic. It's like, yeah, let's just get this like, random people we don't know to be in this music video. That's um, that's awesome.
1: It was. And if you go back and watch it now, I mean, it's just one scene, so it's not like it was the whole video. Right. Um, You, you wouldn't even be able to tell that it's, like, not that many people. First of all, the band has, like, six members already. But <laughs> it looks really good. Like, the editing... <laughs> They deserve a raise. Whoever edited it, because you really can't tell that we're like standing next to a dumpster
0: or anything. It was very cool. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to to watch that again so I can relive those those moments.
1: Yeah, I definitely hid behind the whole band, but you can see me for a couple seconds.
0: I'll definitely check that out. The next band I want to talk about is a band called Wolfgang. I don't even know how I got into these guys. Like most of the bands that are on this list, they just kind of like fell into my lap. I swear. Like this was back in the days when I was just listening to like anything and just latching onto bands, but they're a band that's from the UK and they played kind of more like stadium rock. They had like a, just kind of like big, like Coldplay kind of stadium sound. Um, And interestingly, I think they even opened for Coldplay on one of their tours. So I'm surprised they didn't really like stick. But, you know, I suppose just like anybody else, like even if they have success, that's not always like the metric of if they're going to stick around or not. You know, there's a lot of other logistics, but they had some really good albums out again in like the early 2010s that are still really good to this day. We'll definitely put some of their music on the playlist. But have you heard of this band? Did I ever show you them?
1: You did. So I could be wrong. But is this the band that sings the king and all of his men?
0: Yes. Yes. That's the song. That's
1: the only one I could think of, but I love that song. It's so good.
0: That's the thing. It's like, they kind of have that kind of timeless sound that I feel like kind of goes back to the days of like U2, like kind of when they're putting out that stadium rock sound. Mm -hmm. It's like, it still holds up. And I mean, unfortunately their name to me, seems like a little bit forgettable. It's like kind of a weird name for the sound that they're making. Mm -hmm. but you know sometimes that's not everything either but i miss them i don't think their lead singer i think he was trying to do some solo stuff for a while but you know everything just kind of gets lost you can't really keep up with every little fraction of a band as they separate throughout throughout all of these bands as they as they break up so unfortunately i don't really know what they're up to anymore but i would definitely recommend them just because their sound i would say holds up so well to this day
1: you know, I wanna say again, I could be wrong. My friend Kate, shout out Kate. Um, she saw them open for Sir Sly in like 2014. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I I could, I could be thinking You about
0: can't different. tell me that. I lose my mind at that concert. <laughs> I wanna like
1: fact check myself, but I'm not gonna do that right now. Um it's either Wolfgang or it's another band that has the name the word wolf in it
0: wolf in it um, sure but i'm
1: okay. almost positive it's Wolfgang. and it, this was in like 2014 when the first album came out you haunt me yes um isn't that crazy
0: that is there's, there's just like so many crossroads for these bands that I, I we don't even realize until it's like way too late and you're like wow they all played in a concert together that's insane like Dude. what was this lineup i can't believe it
1: no that's crazy we're gonna have to do an episode about like the best concert lineup. So there's a difference between like the best show I've ever been to favorite concerts. There's a difference between that and like the best like lineups that were made for me, you know, Um, do you ever have that experience where it's like one of your favorite bands opens up for one of your other favorite bands and it's just the
0: perfect tour and you want to go to every single show. Those tours are so special because like you said, I've definitely had some amazing shows. Where the band didn't even have an opener. They just went on gold. Yeah. Like, that's what Brockhampton did when I saw them. They had no opener at all. And, and even when I saw King Gizzard, they, you know, they had an opener, but, like, it was very different, and I wasn't a huge fan of them before the show. I enjoyed their music, but it was just, like, it didn't connect. But those lineups where you have, like, three for three or two for two, it's, like, those are the, those are the concerts that really, like, elevate it to the next level.
1: Yeah, let's do a different episode on that. Because we touched on it in the last episode where, like, you discover a band because you see them open for someone else. But this is totally different. If it's someone that you previously loved, that's just, like, the best feeling in the world. But not good for your bank account. (laughs) So it goes. I have one left, but I want to save that for last. And I know we both have a bit to talk about. Um, I can go again. So, yeah, tell me your next one.
0: One band that I want to talk about is a band called QTY. Now, unfortunately, this is a bit of a sad story, but I saw them because they're opening up for one of my favorite bands, Bad Sons, um, in 2017. And before this concert, I, I knew... So There's like three bands in total. It was QTY, Honey, and Bad Sons. And at the time, I was a fan of both Honey and Bad Sons, but I didn't really know much about QTY. So I listened to them a bit, and I got to enjoy it. But before the concert, well, they, their Twitter account for QTY, somebody posted, like, hey, who's coming to the show? Like, let's meet up and hang out. And I was just like, oh, yeah, like, let's do it. And I like replied to them. And so we were, like, chit-chatting back and forth in their replies. And then I told them that I was going to be at the show. And after they performed their opening set, I got to talk to Dan, who is their lead singer, just for, like, 20 minutes, one-on-one, like... Nobody else like knew who they were or anything. Nobody else was giving them much attention. But just I had like never really gotten into this band before. But being able to talk to them one-on-one was amazing. And then after the whole concert was over, after Bad Sons was done, I got to like meet and hang out with the band and like, take pictures with them. They signed some of the, the merch that I bought for them. They asked for my phone number so we could hang out later, which unfortunately did not happen. But uh, no, they're really cool because they were like the first American band to be signed to the Dirty Hit record label, which is like 1975's record label. Mm -hmm. So they're basically all British bands, but they were like the first American band to sign to that label. Um, Unfortunately, they only put out like a couple EPs in one album. And after that album, things like really fizzled out. But I say it's a bit of a sad story because unfortunately... I learned recently that Dan passed away. So, I hope he's resting in peace and that the rest of the band members are able to find their peace as well, but their sound is very unique in the indie world, I would say. It's it's got like a little bit of a western flair, but Dan's vocals are very like laid back and subdued and just kind of like peaceful and let the instrumentals kind of like glide over you. So, I would definitely recommend their sound uh from that album. It's it's really nice.
1: I will have to check them out again because I did probably the day that you saw them, I remember you coming home and like telling me, you know, all about how you got to meet them and you know, take pictures and all that. So I remember checking them out that day. But that was, you know, 2017, you said? Two thousand eight Yeah,
0: it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's been a while, so I'll have to revisit, but that is kind of sad. Very sad.
0: Awesome. I've got probably one more if you want me to go again, if you want to close yeah, it off with your, with your big one. Just
1: leave the big one for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Another band that is near and dear to my heart is a band called The Preachers. Not P R E A C H E R S, but P R E A T U R E S. Kind of like a pun on creatures, but with a P. Uh, they're an Australian band from Sydney. That again, like many of these bands, I don't really remember how I got into them, but uh, they had some really nice albums around 2014 and 2017 that I think for me, it's, it's really near and dear to my heart because they were just like such a small band. And back when I first started collecting vinyl, one of their records was kind of like my Holy Grail. It was like the one that I was always looking for because It was just like so beautiful, and I had to buy it used, but I eventually got my hands on it. And it's whenever anybody asks me, like, what's the favorite album that you own? It's usually like that one that I come to just because it's like such a beautiful blue color. But they're, yeah, they're a a nice indie rock band that unfortunately had broken up a few years ago, but their lead singer, Izzy Man Freddie, is putting out solo stuff now. So if you like The Sound of the Preachers, I would definitely check out Izzy Man Manfredi as well for continuing music. Did you ever listen to any of Izzy's stuff?
1: No, I checked out the Preachers once long ago, again, when you recommended them to me. But they were one of those bands that I just never revisited. So when we make this playlist, uh, I'll definitely revisit all of these and let you know. We'll, we'll keep you updated in the next episode. Okay. At this point, I need to make a list of everything that I said we'll keep you updated on. I feel like I've said that multiple times.
0: Lots of updates.
1: When I ask people, what is your favorite band who is no longer together? This was the number one answer, and that is Magic Man. Boo.
0: R.I.P. Magic Man. R. I. P. Oh Magic my gosh. Man.
1: Oh my god, dude. We have a history with Magic Man. Did I show you Magic Man, or did you know them before?
0: I knew—I was not on the same level of fandom of Magic Man as you were. I knew some of their songs, um, but it was when we started talking about Magic Man that things just kind of elevated for me, for them.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, they only had one album. But you know what? It was one great album. It really—every single song was incredible on that album. It's one of those— a lot of these bands we mentioned were like, oh, we haven't listened to them in forever. You know, Magic Band is one that I continue to listen to to this day. I have never stopped listening to them. I was so lucky to be able to see them on their last tour. And funny enough, it was a double headliner with the Griswolds, who I mentioned earlier. Um, hey. And the opening act was Panama Wedding. And all three of those groups were <laughs> <the> longer together. <laughs> Slaps. We we like to in in the Magic Man uh, fandom, which doesn't exist. I'm just trying to be funny, but um, we like to say that the hot it was called the Hotline Spring Tour. This really is like dating us, because um, Hotline Bling the the Drake song right was like the
0: big yes song that year Hotline Spring baby. So
1: they called it Hotline Spring, and we like to say that the Hotline Spring Tour killed off all of these bands. It killed off the Griswolds, Panama Wedding, and Magic Man. So it was. This was spring of 2016. So at this point, this is when I first started going to concerts, like really going to concerts. I like to say that this was the concert that made me start going to concerts regularly because it really changed my life. This was the first show I ever went to where I waited in line all day. So it was a really small venue. Um, Shout out Terminal West, probably my, my favorite venue here in Atlanta. Um, I wanted to be at the Barricade, even though it was a really small venue. And so, silly me, I went online, and I saw that there was this big group of people specifically coming to the Atlanta show from, like, all over. Um, And they were, like, camping out overnight, and they were planning this online. And I was like, yes. people camping out to see this, like, small indie band play at a tiny venue. So, unfortunately, I had to get there at 11 o'clock in the morning and wait all day because of this big group of kids who they were flying in from like other states and driving and I I guess they were like internet friends it was really cute and sweet sure um and they were all coming to the show and they, they slept there overnight just to like for like a friendship thing just to spend the day together but it messed me up because I mean I can't complain but I was I ended up being behind them in the crowd they were all on the barricade and I was in the row directly behind them which it's, okay. Like, it's such a tiny venue. Like I was big, close, like on the stage, close enough. But I remember at the time I was upset because I was like, "I've been here since eleven o'clock this morning," you know. But I mean, That's so early. They were there earlier, so I can't be mad at them. But yeah, Magic Man. Um, I ended up meeting one of my best friends, Joanna. I hope she's listening to this. Um, we met. We are still friends to this day, and we met at this Magic Man concert in line. Her and her sister. She went with her older sister and they were behind us. They got there like right after we did. So they were there all day too. Um, and we ended up chatting with them all day. And then there was another girl who also got there at the same time as us. Um, her name was Kaylin. And years later, I ended up going to Las Vegas to see Andrew McMahon with you. And yep. Kaylin was, just happened to be, she came from Nashville for this Magic Man concert. Um, she was like following them on the tour, her and her mom. So we became friends in line that day and then we never really talked again. And then years later I said I was going to Vegas and she was so, so, so incredibly kind and generous enough to let me like stay in her house, which it's like, this is just some random girl that you met in line at a concert years ago. And for her to do that and her family to be so nice, and she took me to a Vegas show. And um, she was working at the House of Blues at the time as an intern where the concert that we were going to was. And she ended up getting us a backstage tour of the House of Blues in Mandalay. That was fun. It was crazy. And she showed me every through every single like casino. I had never been to Vegas before. And it was just so much fun. Uh, she drove us through like Red Rock Canyon and everything. Um, so shout out, Kaylin. I hope I hope she's listening to this. Probably not. But um, that Magic Man show really brought people together. I told myself probably four or five years ago when I started this podcast that I was going to tell this story. So I have this conspiracy theory that Magic okay. Man died, right? Magic Man gave their life so that coin, if you know the band Coin, so that they could live um magic man walked yeah what
0: point what's this conspiracy where's the what's the standing behind this conspiracy theory I gotta hear the details
1: okay so Alex Caplow the lead singer of magic man this band did not just like break up and announce like we're done they just went silent and then years later they were like oh yeah we should probably make a formal announcement but at that point obviously everybody knew so he didn't just like go silent this man, dropped off the face of the earth and somebody not it wasn't me Thomas. somebody like super stalked him online and they ended up like doing all this digging and they found that he moved to like
0: malaysia or yeah did he move to like the philippines or something yeah it
1: was like the philippines and he was just like living like in nature like in the philippines it was the weirdest story so not that there's anything wrong with moving to another country but what i'm saying is it wasn't just like a weird departure it was very like he never said a word about magic man about anything he he was not on social media anymore and then he just ended up in this like you know far away country but all of a sudden after magic man like as soon as they stopped touring and stopped making music coin came out of nowhere notice how coin was like they blew up fast i mean you know
0: Coyne. they blew up very fast
1: they just like all of a sudden they were the biggest band ever talked too much was like their first big single and it was already all over the radio at least where i live it was on the alternative station and they just had such a like big blow up and it just seemed like they came out of nowhere and it was right around the time magic man left also i think that alex Caplow, from someone who's met both alex Caplow and chase lawrence from coin they have very similar um like mannerisms when they perform. I don't think they have similar voices, but they both have um, like similar performance styles and their fan base. So a lot of the fans that were like going to magic man shows, all of a sudden I was seeing the same people at coin shows. (laughs) Sure. And then also the whole, like they have a song called time machine and they have a song called 1992 and a song called 2020 and I think that Alex Kaplow, like, w- went in, like, a time machine and came back in 2020 as Chase Lawrence, so... You
0: th- so you think the Magic Man pulled the Magic Man?
1: Yes, and Magic Man also has, they have all these songs called, like, they have Paris, they have Texas, they have um, another one, I don't remember, but it's another name of, like, a location. And so I think that he, like, he time-traveled and he came back as Chase Lawrence, so... Let me know in the comments if you <laughs> this is true.
0: I mean, there maybe there's some they have a song called like Alaska too, don't they? And like Chicagoland, like Chicago yeah. There's some lore to this band that needs to be unpacked. <laughs> but interestingly enough, I think I have one of their like mixtapes or like <gasps> beta projects from like before the album came out. Um, what's that oh, called again? Oh Let my look it up. god,
1: I forgot about that. As soon as you said mixing so, up, oh my god.
0: Yeah, Real Life Color.
1: Real Life Color. Yeah, like
0: South, South, South Dakota is on there. Yeah, so I've got some got some digging to do, but if, if you want those tracks, let me know.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> I completely forgot about that.
0: Um... Again, this was in my, my bootleg hunting era, or my, yeah, my beta era. I was just tracking down everything from all of these bands that they ever did.
1: So I was wrong. They didn't have one album. They had a SoundCloud mixtape album
0: out before. Yeah. I mean, it's not on streaming or anything, so it's like, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's from like 2010. Like, it's old.
1: Yeah. Oh, one more thing for the conspiracy. Um, They both were signed to Columbia Sony Records, so they're both on the same label. A lot of shady stuff, so I don't know. I haven't heard from Alex Capo in, in many years
0: i don't think anybody has but i really hope the man's doing well
1: i hope so too i hope he's living his best life in the philippines i did get to meet him at that show that was the other crazy thing was like it was the first show that i waited in line all day for it was the first show that i like got to kind of just like hang out with an artist um he came out in the middle of the afternoon and he actually came outside and sat down in line with everyone who was waiting in line. And he just circle with us like on the concrete, like on the sidewalk and just talk to everybody.
0: Yeah, Very- you don't see that much anymore these days. just kind of that down to earth, you know, humble nature. So that's it's always really cool to see that. It is. Yeah. And if you made it this far into the podcast, we <laughs> want to thank you for sticking with us. Remember to check out the playlists that we're going to be putting up on both YouTube and Spotify based on a lot of the music that we've been talking about. If you're not already, be sure to follow us on Instagram to keep up with our updates when we plan on releasing new episodes, new playlists, new posts, everything like that.
1: Yeah, I promise we're going to try to make them shorter. Hopefully with the magic of editing, um, I'll cut this one down because I heard your feedback. My mom told me that the first one was great, but it was too long. So yeah, thanks for for listening to my ramblings.
0: Yeah, of course. You want to sign us off?
1: All right. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.